All right, you might want to turn to Psalm 73. Psalm 73. If you're looking for somebody you thought was going to be here, they're probably still on Houston Levy. Um, Charlotte and I were, were coming along Houston Levy and the, the just car after car going into Life Church. It was all we could do to keep our car on the road. The suction was so strong. And anyway, so if there's somebody you're expecting, I bet that's where they are. So they'll probably uh, wander in uh, just as we finish. And so uh, anyway, welcome to all of you. Glad you're here tonight. We're going to be at Psalm 73 and appreciate Alan's prayer very much. Uh, hope you got situated where you want to be situated. And uh, that's, a, that's a good thing. Um, what do I want to say? All these are being recorded all these classes. This is number four. Um, uh, so if you want access to that, if you'll, if you'll let me know, I'll send you a link or if you'll let me know, uh, I, uh, it'll be on my Facebook page or if you let Russ know, he'll tell you how to get to it. So that's good. Um, when I was growing up, I grew up in a church and when I was growing up, I was trying to uh, do, I think, what a, a lot of us do uh, growing up, and that is us trying to figure out how life worked, you know? I mean, not real philosophical, but just kind of how do you do this? And so I got in my mind at some point that if you did the wrong things, um, it just all went wrong on, in your life, and then after you die, it gets even worse. That was kind of the way I'd summed it up. If you do wrong things, it'll all go wrong on this earth. And then after you die, it gets even worse. And, and so I concluded that if somehow I did the right things, they would all go right on the earth. And then when I died, it would be even better. Okay. So I kind of, you know, concluded that's the way life seemed to work. And uh, so when I would do something really stupid or, or sin on purpose or whatever it was, I, I remember thinking, oh man, not only should I not have done this, life is gonna start getting bad and it'll get even worse after I die. Well, you know, you, we all kinda, whether we say it or not, I think at some point we're trying to figure out, so how in the world do you do this? How do you navigate um, your time uh, between birth and death? And I think what I've learned, uh, and I think, I, I think from talking to some of you and then talking from, to just a lot of people over the years, that life is just really messy. You can live a really, really good life and just deal with some bad things while you're living. You can, really, you can live a good life and make good choices, and it's just hard. There are other people... You know, you, you read about these people. They're, they're, they're just, they're, they just, li they make bad choices. I mean, it ooh, make you blush to see what they do. And you know what's happening to them? They're buying bigger boats and they got their own plane now. And you think, what's that about? It looks like it's getting better for them. Well, um, I wanted to do this class because I think for a lot of us, uh, you, you, you deal with some things just living where uh, 
you're just trying to take the next right step. You know, for some people, it's dealing with just something really awful. For others, it's not so much that they dealt with something that's just horrible, terrible, but it's just pretty hard navigating this, navigating life. Okay. So um, when I use the word bravery or courage or faith, uh, talking about not so much how, how do you pretend there are not bad circumstances that you'll ever have to deal with, but how do you take a step forward toward the Lord um, in just real life? And what I don't want you to hear is that I've got all this figured out. I don't. I'm doing just what you do. I'm trying to navigate this and sometimes I do it, I do it well and sometimes I don't do it well. Uh, sometimes uh, I feel like I'm taking a step forward with courage. Sometimes I'm just scared to death. You know, you face these things you never faced before. Uh, but I have found some real help in some of these passages and we'll be, look at one tonight. Um, if, if you would, turn in your Bible to Psalm 73. And uh, if, there were, if there was an overall theme for this particular evening, uh, it would be, how do you take one step, step forward when you get discouraged and when you want to quit? Maybe you've never been there before. This will be for everybody else then. But, but for the rest of us, how do you take one step forward when you just get really discouraged? And, and I, I'm assuming a bunch of us have. I sure, sure have. How do you take one step forward? So Psalm 73. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart, to those who are really dedicated. Surely God is good to Israel. When you read that, just think, okay, he's just kind of laying out this, this big truth here. God is good. And then he said, but I want to tell you a story. As for me, my feet had almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold. Just about lost it. I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. Talking about the wicked folk, pe people like that neighbor down the street, didn't he? They don't even go to church. Bodies are healthy and strong. Free from common human burdens, not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace and they clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limits. You ever known somebody like that or you just think, man, I thought I'd thought about some bad things. I don't know how he or she sinks to this level. They're, it's like their imaginations have no limits. Their evil imaginations have no limits. 
They scoff and they speak with malice, with arrogance, they threaten oppression. And their mouths lay claim to heaven and their tongues take possession of the earth. And therefore their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. And they say, how would God know? Does he know any, does the Most High know anything? This is what the wicked are like, always free of care, and they go on amassing wealth. Surely in vain have I kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. Or, or the way we might say it today is, what is the use? Or I'm from Texas, you might say, what's the stinking use? What, what is the use? All day long I've been afflicted, verse 14, and every morning brings new punishments. I wake up every morning to a new day, it just gets worse. What's this about? If you're not depressed, let's re read on. <laughs> if I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. God, if I'd been up front and just talked the way I'm talking right now, uh, I would have betrayed your children. Um, when I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God, or your translation may say, till I entered the temple of God. Then I understood their final destiny. Surely you place them on slippery ground. You hear a little play on words? He says, starting off, as for me, my feet had almost slipped. Now he says, you know, you've actually placed them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin, and how suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. They're like a dream. When one awakes, when you rise, Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, uh, I think one translation renders is some, something like when my insides were pricked. In other words, I was in pain. I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Uh, the way we'd say it today is, I've been so stupid. I can't believe the way I've been thinking. Yet I'm always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail. My flesh and my heart may fail. Man, I, uh, I, I, can, I can get so discouraged and so despondent. I mean... And some of you have been there, you feel it, you almost feel it physically, you know. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. Uh, but as for me, it is good to be near God. And I've made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. All right, let's look at your sheet for a moment. And uh, 
Let's talk for just a minute about what contribute. Let me ask this, this is kind of general question. And if, if you don't come in here much, when I ask a question like this, it's not, I'm not searching for a right answer. So you can just say whatever, and I'm not gonna look at you like you've lost it. You just, it's, I'm just asking for what you think. What contribute, when, when we say, I'm discouraged or I feel discouraged, and I'm assuming that you've kind of felt that way before, maybe most of us have, what contributes to that? And if you want to talk to, about other people, that's fine, but, or if you want to think about what's contributed to your own discouragement before, that's great. Well, what contributes to that when you feel, you find yourself feeling low and discouraged? Yes, sir, Tito. Okay, could be could be something within, something without. That's a that's a great beginning. Who else? Just what contributes to that? Disappointment. Disappointment. What else? Self-doubt. Sometimes self-doubt. Sometimes my expectations weren't met my expectations of someone else, sometimes my expectations of myself. I didn't come through. What else? What contributes to discouragement sometimes? Persistent chronic pain. Yeah, chronic pain. Yeah, physically. What else? What contributes to that sometimes? Sometimes bad choices, sometimes my own bad choices, sometimes it's the bad choices of somebody I care about. She did what? Talking about your child, or he did what? You think, oh, forevermore. I taught that boy what was right. Why does he do such a knucklehead thing like that? And, and you know, you, you kind of working with that work. And, it, and, and, and you can just start feeling pretty low down after a while. What else? You still believe life is fair. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you still believe life is fair. Um, you, hear, you hear somebody say, well, it's all good. And you think, not for me. I mean, it's, I got some things going on that aren't good. Keep going. Y'all are doing great. Uh, uh, one or two more. What contributes to discouragement? Oh, my. All the news around you. Uh, uh, and it, it might be something like the it could be the national news or it could be just hearing other folks talk. You ever just felt really good until you got around your not your friends. Don't look at people, I guess, but. But you got around some other people and they started, ain't it awful, ain't it awful. And by the time they got through with ain't it awful, you just felt awful. I mean, just, ooh. And, and, and we, we impact one another like that. Well, here is this, here is this uh, chapter where the, the writer says, opening up, God is good. God's good to Israel. Um, but I just about lost it. What happened? Well, I started looking around at the arrogant and at the prosperity of the wicked. 
And what did he notice about some of those folks? What did he notice about some of those? They had it good. Had it good. I was growing up. I grew up there on 1948 Alhambra there in Dallas. And we'd get in my dad's in those days of my dad's big Oldsmobile every Sunday morning. I was a little boy. And this was back in the day when we didn't dress like we're dressing now on Sunday morning. We I had on a bow tie, black bow tie, little white shirt. And that was just, you know, didn't wear it any other time but that Sunday morning. And I remember driving down the street and somebody was backing their boat up. Here we were, a Christian car going down the street and they're backing their boat up right there on Sunday morning. And they just look so relaxed. And I thought, boys, bad things are going to start happening to you. Well, you know what happened? They got a bigger boat. <laughs> there was a guy on the other end of the street. You know what he did on Sunday mornings? Had this convertible, a Chevy convertible. Nice. But no, no, that was his son. Had a, he had a Cadillac convertible. They had two in their house and they live a couple of doors down from us. And I remember walking out, we're, go, we're about to go to church and he's loading up his golf clubs. Right there, going to tennis and golf course, right there on Sunday morning, going to play 18 holes. And I'm thinking, I mean, is he going to have a wreck on the way over there? Is he going to die? I mean, what? Well, I mean, he bought a new car and I mean, they just, you, you look around at people and you think, man, what's wrong with us? We, we're kind of struggling here. And some of the people, it seemed like they're ignoring God. Look pretty good to me. And, 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 he, and he describes these people. They don't seem to have struggles. Verse 4, the body's healthy and strong. They're not going to the doctor like you are. Full of pride. Got these callous hearts, you know, don't seem to care. Verse 11. Uh, verse 10 and 11, I'm sorry. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. And they say, how would God know? Does the most high God know anything? Now, what's wrong with this picture? If you're just kind of a regular person trying to do right. What seems to be wrong with this picture? God doesn't care. God doesn't care. Larry, you'd think... If folks were trying to do right, it only got better. You know? Get a job. Surely I'm going to get a promotion because I've worked hard and I've tried to do the right thing. And these folks out here with that pagan boat and pagan golf clubs, surely they're just going to go downhill because look at what they're doing. And you, could, you, you look in your Bible, this chapter... That's not what's happening. In fact, life looks pretty good for a lot of these people. So sometimes, let me ask you, when you're just trying to navigate life and you're trying to do that and you're a believer in God, 
and you're experiencing certain things in your life, where, what starts, what could, where, where could there be some sort of conflict in your thinking? What's the use in praying, Freddie? I mean, what, why, why pray? I mean, I don't see anything happening that's any different except my knucklehead son got in trouble again. And I mean, I'm, I'm saying all this, these are just umpteen conversations that I've had through the years from people who are trying to do the right thing and it's getting worse, not better. So what do I do with God here? So you just say, what's the use? When you say, what's the use, what do you do? What, what, what's the next step? Well, you just give up. How do we, how do we give up as, as Christian folks? Y'all know how to do that? We need a class on how to give up properly. <laughs> but do you, do you all, how, how, do we, how do we typically get, give up as Christian folks uh, here? On... Quit going to church. Well, that, we, we can do that. We can just quit going to church. <laughs> What'd you say? By boat. By boat? Yeah, by boat. If you, by the way, if you've got a boat, great. By, uh, by boat, okay. Sometimes we start disconnecting. See, I was talking to my friend. Uh, he lives in Fort Worth, and he had, decades ago, his marriage was a mess, and he was a mess, and he went to church every Sunday. And I asked him one day, I said, how did you do that? How did you listen to those sermons? How did you sit there and all those songs? And he said, I wasn't there. Oh, he was there in body, but he was gone. He said, I was there because of my wife. I would be there, but I wasn't there. So sometimes we just, we just kind of check out, you know. This writer says, you know, I almost slipped, almost gave up. Um, yeah, I want to I ask this because I'm, I'm curious about this one. This is just a little bit of a rabbit. Can I chase a little rabbit? Have you, ever, have you ever talked to somebody who had, you sense was just about to give up or had given up? Do you remember that conversation you had? Don't look at anybody here. But it may, may, have, been a, may have been a friend or somebody that normally would have been here at Highland or, you know, could have been. Do you remember? What did you hear that person say? What, do you, what was important in that conversation, do you suppose? Don't think they can trust God. A lot of, sometimes a real disappointment in God. Yeah, yeah. What was it tempting in the conversation? It, maybe, this, maybe you weren't tempted, but was it tempting for you to do something that you thought, I really don't need to do this right now in terms of your response? There are times when I've wanted to quickly defend God. You know, I've wanted to, but I realized um, in the conversation, that's not where we start right now. And sometimes people just want you to hear them and listen.
Remember a guy told me one time, this is probably going to shock you, but I quit believing a long time ago. I'm here every Sunday, but I quit believing a long time ago because of the reasons you just meant. Yeah. So how, in, in terms of just taking a step forward, you come to a place where 13, surely in vain I've kept my heart pure. I've washed my hands in innocence all day long. I've been afflicted. Verse 16, I tried to understand all this and it troubled me deeply. <clears throat> troubled me deeply. Now, if you know, I love the language of the New Testament. It talks about wrestling in prayer. Boy, you ever just prayed for something and, and it just didn't happen? You know, there's somebody over here, you know, thank you all for praying for me. Or, you know, I just, I just knew I'd be better because the church was praying for me. Well, you prayed and they didn't live. You prayed and they divorced. You prayed and it got worse instead of better. And you're trying to make sense of this. Lord, you said pray. I prayed. When, when I tried to make sense of this, what did he say it did? It, what, what's, what's the language, at least in the NIV? It troubled me deeply. And some of us have been there trying to figure out this faith thing when I did what the preacher said to do. And it's goodness. 21, when my heart was grieved and spirit embittered or my insides were full of pain. Verse 26, hear the language, my flesh and my heart may fail. Now, look on your notes if you would. So if there's a way to kind of look at this, we might start with, I mean, he, he, I think he's asking basically the question, so how can, work, how can life possibly work like this? He's not sure, and as a result, he becomes very discouraged. And so what does all of this say about God? Well, sometimes... You come to a place where you, I don't, I, or at least I do, I don't know how to explain that. Somebody says, why didn't my prayer, why, why could so many people be praying for this person and it gets worse instead of better? And you know what? Sometimes I don't know. I don't want to pretend I know when I don't know. Does that make any sense? See, sometimes, what does this say about God? Sometimes we, not you, of course, but sometimes we almost act like if we can just talk like we've got it figured out, that makes God more trustworthy or something. No, that doesn't help. He comes to a place where he says, you know, I was baffled by all this, and then I went to the, I went to the sanctuary, to the temple. I began to think about the destination of these people. Look, look at your Bible, if you would. Uh, seven, uh, yeah, 16 and 17, that's what you were saying. 
when I tried to understand all this, troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God. I then I understood their final destiny. You actually place them on slippery. You actually place them on slippery ground. Cast them down to ruin. There's a there's some wonderful phrases here at the end, where the writer thinks again about his own relationship with God and what God is doing for him. I've highlighted these in yellow in my Bible because I want to remember them and that you might really, uh, you get to take yours home, so you might really want to kind of look at this here. Look at 23, you can look at 23 or look on your notes. I'm always with you, you hold me by my right hand. On your notes, God has given us resources that can give us great courage when we are discouraged. And these resources can help us take the next step. God's resources are not about fixing life. Life is a mess. This world is a mess. It is broken. What we're trying to do is be faithful in how we navigate this and trust God in the middle of this. So how do you take the next step forward? Here's one. You can claim, you can claim God's security. God's security. Look at the verse again, verse 3. I'm sorry, verse 23. I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. I'm always with you. You hold me by my right hand. We were uh, living uh, on Jefferson Street there in Florence, and I was preaching for a church there in Florence, Alabama. And this is years ago, and both of our children were, were little, little girls. Not quite that little, but, but uh, little girls. And uh, Charlotte and I were starting to turn out the lights in the house, hope, hopefully Hopefully everybody would, you know, get the hint where it's time to go to bed for you guys. And so I was putting one to bed and I had forgotten her book, whatever the book was. It was in the car. Oh, I got to go with that book. Uh, so I, the, I, I, I get, I, I, we'd been laying down in the bed and I was getting ready to read her the book and I'd forgotten the book. So I said, just a minute, I'm going to get it out of the car, be right back. So I, I walk out of her room and I step into a dark room that you would have to pass through to get to the kitchen to get outside to the carport where the car was. When I got into the dark room, kind of realized that she was following me and I could feel this tiny hand come up in my hand. And I, you know, closed my hand and we walked through a very dark room together. And I didn't turn on the light and I didn't turn on the light in the kitchen. We just kept walking together. And she seemed okay. Because I think it was because. And God, God is saying, or I'm sorry, the psalmist is saying, um, God, you... You, you hold my hand. And so I'm navigating all of this with you, not by myself. 
I'm not alone. Have you ever been your age before? It's a first, isn't it? We're, we're, we're like grandparents now of these three little boys. And we'll be FaceTiming with the little boy in Oklahoma City. And I'm thinking, this is all new. I mean, it's like every phase is new. And if somehow, if, if somehow you had to go through life and just say, you're on your own. Now, can you imagine, guys, saying to your kids, uh, we're going to do the best you can, but when you're out, you know, good luck. Really? Oh, isn't that comforting? Is that the way we want to live? Go figure it out. Scare the daylights out of me. Man, it's tough enough with, with, with God, but, but to be on your own? And, the, and, he, and he's saying, there, he's talking about this great security, knowing that your hand is in the hand of God. I may, be, I may go through pain and a bunch of mess, but my hand is secure in his. Isn't that good news? Look at the next one. You can claim God's direction. 24, you guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will take me into glory. You guide me with your counsel. Kids grow up, you got these little kids at home, and you're trying your best to raise them. And they're trying to, you know, you, you want, so, and, then, and then finally the day comes, they're graduating from high school, and you take them to Barnes and Noble, the last of the bookstores. You take them to Barnes and Noble, and you say, well, why don't you go in there and see if you can find a book that'll help you figure out life? <laughs> we don't do that, do we? They're great books, and we, we all read, or a lot of us read books. But in terms of the counsel of God, in terms of how a human being is meant to function and live, God has given his counsel in Scripture. And I'm so grateful that for children and grandchildren, and for, for us, that we're not just rolling the dice and trying to figure out how, that, that there is some direction here. Isn't that good news? It's not all up to you. It's not about who's the smartest and who. God has given us great counsel. Here's a third one. And all of these are just Again, this is how, how in the world do you take a step forward in a life where you could be very discouraged at times? Here's a third one. You can claim God's assurance. Uh, th this passage we just read where he says afterward, um, verse 24, you will take me into glory. I've got a destination, a destination. Every once in a while, I'll go to the Memphis airport 
And generally, I've got a ticket, maybe on my phone, or occasionally it's a piece of paper. But as I'm walking past the gates, they don't ever say, well, just pick one. There's a certain destination. And, and this wonderful promise here is the people of God are going somewhere. There's a destination. I've done a lot of funerals at this point. And sometimes you do a funeral where this person is a Christian and there's, there's, there's a real destination in mind. And sometimes there, there, there are these funerals where th this person just kind of wandered for a lot of years. We are a people, no matter how old we are, how young we are, there's a destination in store for us. Christian people, people of God. That's, that's, I need to hear that, you know? I need to hear that as I think about taking a step forward. Here's the final one. You can claim God's strength. God's strength. Look at 7326. My flesh and my heart may fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Are y'all ever weak? I mean, I am. Are y'all, are you ever weak? You ever discouraged? I get discouraged. You ever, you ever just wonder if you can, good grief, can you get, can you do this? We got in a car one day and I told, I looked at Charlotte and I said, man, church is about to kill me. Um, and it's not that I don't love God's people. It's just that all the stuff that was going on at church at the time. Huh. And, well, there, there are times when you get discouraged and you get frustrated and you get all of that. But the point is not how strong I am, how good I am, how smart I am. The point is how strong God is. See, see, you see that right there? That my flesh and my heart may fail. You say, well, I'm just not strong enough. You say, well, I just need to be a better Christian. I just need to be stronger. I, you know, that, that's not where our hope is for moving forward. We're people who say, you know, I don't always have it, but God always has it. I'm not always strong, but God is always strong. He is strong. Now, what's interesting here is the way he's going to close and he's going to say, those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it's good to be near God, and I've made the sovereign Lord my refuge. Now, why is, why is the end of this psalm encouraging? Why is that part so encouraging, if, if you find it encouraging? 
It ends well. Still a little messy. See, when, I mean, Christmas, I'd help Charlotte wrap these presents, and she'd say, well, get the bow on straight. I'd kind of have it lopsided a bit. I get that, you know, I mean, I think I get that now, and you know, you kind of want, kind of want Christmas morning to look good. I'd kind of like the bow to be on straight in life. I'd like to explain all, I'd like to be able to tell you, okay, this is why all these bad things were happening to God's people. Okay, we got all these bad people, ones at the pagan boats and the pagan club, golf clubs. Oh, this is why all these good things were happening to them. This is what God was doing. I can't do all that. A lot of life, you don't have all the answers. Do you know, but what do you do when you don't have all the answers? I love the way this psalm ends because it's like he's saying who God is transcends what I don't know. Everybody get that? Who God is transcends what I don't know. Who God is transcends the mystery. Who God is transcends my confusion. Who God is is greater than, is greater than all my questions. Doesn't mean my questions are unimportant. Doesn't mean that the mysteries don't matter. It just means in terms of taking one step forward, I don't have to stand here until I get all my questions answered. I can keep walking forward, trusting in this God, even though I don't understand everything. Does that make any sense? Let me ask you this. Um, think about the four realities we've just mentioned. God's security, His direction, His assurance, His strength. <clears throat> Which one of these is especially meaningful to you? As we close, which one of these are especially meaningful to you? The truth is, uh, you're going to go to your grave with some unanswered questions. I mean, maybe not you, but, but a lot of us will. But if he is lead, if he's in charge and he's leading me, I'm going, I'm going to trust him in spite of my unanswered questions. Not, not talking about a mindless Christianity, just talking about a faith that depends upon the character of God to transcend what I don't understand. Which one of these is especially meaningful? You, some of y'all bought the expensive seats in here. What, uh, any one of these especially meaningful? Presence. Okay. All right. Let's be done with this. I want to encourage you as you go home, as you think maybe if you kind of pull this sheet out of your Bible, or I don't know what you do if you got a phone, uh, put it out of your phone or whatever. If, if you pull, pull this sheet out of your... Think about these four. In fact, go ahead and add, add the one Beverly just mentioned. You can claim God's presence and maybe thank God.
for these gifts to you and to me, you know? Because I'm telling you, uh, I've just learned in my own life, this helps me take the next step uh, when it's very hard to move ahead. Okay? Hope that's helpful. Let's pray for a moment. So, Father, we thank you for this evening. Uh, it's a cold evening, and I'm just so grateful for everybody who came here. And uh, most of all, would pray that uh, uh, in some way we would be encouraged and have the courage to maybe take a step forward in our lives where maybe we've been stuck or hesitant. And we do that, O oh Lord, trusting in your presence and in your gifts and uh, pray that you'd be with us, Father, as we suddenly find ourselves, perhaps within the next few weeks, talking with a person who's quite discouraged. May we listen well and uh, may we be faithful.